Hi everybody, before this podcast begins, I'd like to acknowledge that this is recorded on Wurundjeri country and I pay my respects to those past, present, emerging and those who may be listening today. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of My Therapist as a Journal. In today's episode, we're going to be breaking down my trip around Europe because even though it was only three weeks, I felt like it covered a, quite a lot of content. I feel like traveling in a wheelchair, especially independently, is it has a lot, quite a lot of questions, and I feel like there are quite a lot of misconceptions around that. And so today we're going to be just covering the time that I was in Europe, and then next week we'll be covering the UK because I feel like they're both quite different. Um, and depending on each country you go to, I feel like there's quite a lot of content in both parts. So let's get started. So the first European country I started off in was Paris. And let me just say that I love Paris. Every single time I've gone there, I've loved it. I mean, I've only been there twice, but both times I've loved it. And last time I went in summer and this time I went in late autumn. And this time was so much better because when I went in summer, it was 35 degrees and it was just hot the whole entire time. And for someone that can't really regulate their body temperature, going around a European country when you're by yourself in 35 degree weather is not ideal. So this time it was only about 20, probably 18, which was so lovely because even though the sun, the, the sun was still out and even though it was a bit cold, it wasn't that cold. And it was still like you could still go around in a t-shirt or something. Um, but yeah, we started in Paris and we got there via the Eurostar. So we were in London um, for a few days before that. But we went on the Eurostar from King's Cross St Pancras, which is the international train station in London. And when you are a wheelchair user, you have to get to go in the first class carriage at a general price which is quite good because they help you on. They actually helped me through the airport, or not the airport, sorry, through the train station, through the customs and the checking and everything, which was so good. And you also got to wait in the business class lounge, which is pretty cool. And yeah, and they board you on. It literally just feels like you're catching a plane, but in the train station, which is so good because I actually hate flying. So if I can go somewhere by train, it's so much better. And because I always find when you fly, you just always feel gross afterwards. Whereas on the Eurostar, I was fully ready to go when we landed. So we our uh, train was at 9am and we got there around lunchtime, which was so good. But apart from the Eurostar, it was quite difficult to catch a train in Paris. We were just catching buses everywhere. So we went from Paris's central train station to our hotel via a taxi which was quite cool because in Paris they have like black cabs but high-end black cabs so we were in like a Mercedes that was fully like you couldn't see in so the windows were tinted and I felt like I was like Kylie Jenner or something in Paris like traveling around like you see in the Kardashian series which is pretty cool and they drove us to our hotel because I look, did look at the subway system for Paris, but it was really hard to find wheelchair access and could, to be sure that it was wheelchair access. And I did have quite a big suitcase, so it would have been very difficult to go and 
get somewhere and it's not accessible it just would have been a massive headache and I did to speak to the kind of like the help desk at the train station and they said you should catch a bus or catch a taxi which we decided to catch a taxi because it'd be quick and easy and then everyone else everywhere else where we were going in Paris we could have just caught a bus but I found that when you're in a European city you don't need to catch potential that much unless you're going further out because I mean we were eating a lot of pastries and chocolate and stuff so I was very happy to push around Paris's city to kind of like get some exercise because I wasn't going to the gym and I wasn't doing yoga or anything like that so I still wanted to keep my body fit because I wanted to be healthy on the trip and also I wanted to keep fit so I could do these things have energy to do these things but yeah so once we got to the hotel it was very clean which was good um the previous hotel that we had stayed at was just very not was very not wheelchair friendly it was quite small but this one was quite good um and it was completely flat and from where we were saying you could see the Eiffel Tower from the hotel door which was so cute and so lovely so on the first day we just decided that we would see the Eiffel Tower we'll go to it and walk around Paris a little bit and that's what we did we found a route that would get us to the Eiffel Tower just by walking when we went along like the river um to the Eiffel Tower and it was so nice there's something special about going to the Eiffel Tower on your first day in Paris because it's just like so surreal when you go to the Eiffel Tower you're like wow this is this is amazing that's what I felt every time that I've gone it doesn't matter how many times I've looked at it it's still just still still magnetic and still magical I think and we had like churros by the, at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower and it was just like so nice because and taking pictures and everything and it was really beautiful weather too like the autumn leaves were falling it was just such a pretty sight and the Eiffel Tower is wheelchair accessible I've been in 2019 I went up the Eiffel Tower I didn't go this time because I figured I'd, I'd already done that didn't feel like I needed to do it again um but it is wheelchair accessible there is a lift you can't get to the very top which is a bit of a shame because that's just steps but I found that the the landing that you can get to you can still see it's still a magical view it's not that much difference in my opinion and that's what I've been told people that have gone up there it's not that much you're not missing out on much um because you can see the whole entire Paris city from the Eiffel Tower and from when you go up it which is so cool but there is it is like going to the airport when you go there I would tell this because there's that much security so you still have to get your bag checked and you still have to get padded down which is just a bit of, bit of information to prepare you to go that you need to be patted down like you're at the airport because I sometimes I can be really uncomfortable I don't mind it now I kind of just take out my arms and go no worries but I know the first couple of times it happened well I was a kid when this happened but it can be a bit daunting because you kind of feel like I'm like you're not a criminal you just needed to be checked for safety but probably the biggest thing about Paris, if for a wheelchair user, the, bit of, the biggest bit of information, or this is really for any European country, is it is there are quite a lot of cobblestones. So your arms will be getting a bit of a workout or whoever's pushing you, if you don't have the strength to do that, it is quite, there's a lot, quite a lot of cobblestones. If you have one of those free wheels, definitely bring it because I found that the casters would get caught a couple of times, which would be a bit annoying. But other than that, it was just quite a good experience, I think. The other thing that's a bit annoying is a lot of the steps, a lot of the places have steps to go into, like restaurants and stuff. But, um, again, that's for any other European country because they're so old um, and so there's not much water access there because they're not really newer buildings. 
but apart from that it was really good um i loved paris like i like i've said um and the buses were really good too like they were all they all had wheelchair access and they all had like a button where the ramp would go out so you didn't have to tell the driver which was quite nice i always find that so much better because i hate having to be like hi sorry can you just put up the ramp i just prefer if i can just press a button and the ramp comes out perfect that's so much better um because it's just a bit of a hassle really and yeah i just went really really in paris i just kind of went shopping really um i went and saw like the the sites and stuff oh and also i didn't go to the louvre this time because the day that i went it was closed but for anybody with a disability you get to go to the louvre and most museums in europe and the same goes to the uk you get to go completely free and you get to cut the line and things like that which is so good because if you go into the louvre there is quite a line for all the exhibits so if you are a wheelchair user or you're going with someone with your wheelchair user it is quite handy because you usually have a security guard that will help you kind of get around that and also find you the accessible entrances because sometimes entrances i've found that museums that i've gone to a lot of like the exhibit entrances or doors and stuff they'll just randomly have steps there or they'll have to have like an entrance that's not water accessible so it's always good to go and um get someone to help you and that way they can escort you so you don't have to wait in line and you also get to go in for free and the same is when you're going to see the Mona Lisa you get to go behind like the little rope that they have which is quite cool that happened to me and I got a photo in front of the Mona Lisa instead of having to just like take a picture of it I got a photo in front of it which is very cool it was kind of like that um the scene with Beyonce you know how her and Jay-Z like sit in front of the, in front of the Mona Lisa and thinking one of their um Carter songs which is quite there that that's what the the scene was like when i went but um yeah i'm not sure if it's still like that because i think someone graffitied on it a couple of years ago so i'm not sure if it's still like that but it was when i went which was so good also if you eat a vegan diet and you're worried about finding vegan options in europe especially paris don't worry because paris has so many vegan options and i used happy cow well i always use happy cow when i'm at in a new place and i have found that there's so many vegan options especially like i feel like most places i mean it depends where you go to most places have a vegan option and there's actually this really good cafe in kind of like at this really cute street in paris i'll try and find it i've been there before and they have vegan croissants and vegan pastries and vegan cakes and they also do like coffee and breakfast and stuff which was so nice but we also went to a one of those famous cafes where they have like the hot chocolates that melt into the drink and we went there and they had some vegan options too which was so cute because it was like like a parisian kind of cafe and also the hot chocolate there was so good i had hot chocolate and even like a mocha it was so nice so i definitely recommend just having all of the food when you're away because it's definitely i definitely recommend it i mean you only go there you don't go there all the time so might as well just live it up but yeah so after paris i then went on to brussels and i caught the train from brussels i'm just gonna say catching the train within europe is a bit of a headache i still did prefer it than flying but they have this thing where you have to book a wheelchair spot 48 hours in advance and you can only do it via calling so you can't email them you can't send a message you have to do it by calling so it it does make it a bit difficult for you if you don't have a sim card over there or have trouble calling 
Um, but I did manage to catch the um, the train from Paris to Brussels. And again, you, you get to go first class, which is quite nice. Um, and it's quite comfy. There's a toilet on board and everything like that. And then we got off in Brussels and found, good, luckily enough, where we were staying was right next to the train station. So we didn't have to carry our suitcases that far. Um, and Brussels was really pretty, again, um, very cobblestone like most of Europe. But yeah, Brussels probably wasn't my favourite place. I still enjoyed it. It was so lovely. It was, but I feel like I would have preferred people to go probably a little bit out, out of Brussels. to one like the old towns in Belgium. But, and I did try to do that for a day, but you have to book, again, a wheelchair spot like three hour in advance, which I do have a bit of a pet peeve about that. It's like, oh, so you can't, so people just can't like randomly get on a train. And that's the same like within Belgium. You can't just get on a train. You have to book a wheelchair space for someone to help you three hours in advance. So if I, say if I want to woke up in the morning, like, okay, I'm going to go to say Ghent for the day, which is what happened. I can't just... Go again. I have to wait for someone to help me, or to kind of organise for someone to help me. So then, when I went to the train station, they said you have to wait for three hours. And by the time that was lunchtime, so by the time I got there, it would be like two o'clock, and I'd have to come back at a reasonable time for someone to help me. So that was not my favourite. I didn't like that. Um, that kind of annoyed me a bit. But again, that is my fault. I should probably planned probably a bit further advanced but you know sometimes sometimes you just want to do spontaneous trips and I feel like we should be able to um and then I caught the train from Brussels to Amsterdam and I loved Amsterdam I loved it I wish I brought my hand cycle so I could be like just you know ride my hand cycle around Amsterdam and kind of just like see it that way I feel like that would have been such a special experience but it was so flat um apart from the few cobblestones it was so easy to get around because it's built for people to bike ride so you can just go I mean not next to the bikes because there are a lot of bikes around but there are would it is easier to go around in a wheelchair I found in Amsterdam and also the public transport is pretty good too. They have trams there, so but the trams actually have a someone like in the middle on board to help you. And they also have a, a ramp on board. So it was very handy and I found it was just such a good way to get around. And it also it says online, um, or on an app or anything, it says what stops are what's accessible. And like I said, there's usually someone that'll help you, so you don't have to stress about getting stranded on a tram, which is a bit of an anxiety of mine. Um, the only bummer was that I wanted to go to the Museum of Contemporary Art and oh, oh, maybe it wasn't Museum of Contemporary Art. I don't know, there was just one museum that I really wanted to go to and it was quite popular because it was like a big line and everything but it had completely no water access because it was in a house um, which was a bit of a pain, a bit of a bummer but it was right where like the Van Gogh Museum, so the museum strip is. So that there were lots of other museums that you can go to. That was just a bit of a pain that I couldn't go to that one. Um, and the same with the Anne Frank House. You can't go to the Anne Frank House because that's upstairs. But you can see it outside and then you can just go on with your day. I also loved the streets and the canals of Amsterdam. That was my favourite bit too. I loved walking through the streets or putting through the streets. Depends if... 
you know what I mean, um, going through the streets and seeing all the canals and the little bikes hooked up to the gates. I just loved that part of it and I loved the time that I was in because it was autumn. So it was just all very pretty and it wasn't very cold either and there was a lot of markets on because it was autumn and it was getting into Christmas. So there a lot of, lot, lot was going on and I, I just loved it. I loved Amsterdam. I would definitely go back there again, I reckon. Because I just found that whatever time you went, whether it was middle of the day, the morning or the night, something was always happening, which I personally loved. The other good thing about Europe was that it's so dog friendly. That was the one thing that made probably the saddest out of the whole trip was that I didn't have my dog with me because I'd see all these dogs and I was like, oh, I wish my dog was here. She would absolutely love it. Um, but it's so good how dog friendly everything is. I think even when I was in Amsterdam airport, someone was having their dog with them in the middle of the airport. Like they were going to go on the plane with them, which is so cool because you would not see that here in Melbourne at all. I mean, when I did go home, there was someone that had bought their dog to pick someone up, but that was probably the, the extent of it that you'd get. But on my first day in Amsterdam, I met a greyhound and it was the first greyhound that I'd seen that whole entire trip and I was speaking to the owner of the greyhound and she said that it was her I think second greyhound that she's had and she said that there used to be a lot more but because um racing has been banned in Europe or it's kind of been on a a big decline they don't have much greyhounds anymore which is good but it's also quite sad because greyhounds are beautiful but she showed me to a pet shop and I ended up getting some things for my dog. Um, and there were these two little dogs in there that were the owner's pets. And she had them just around the shop, which was so cute again. Um, and yeah, everyone would walk their dogs. I went to kind of like a park outside the museum and there were so many people there having like a picnic or with their partners and even just their dogs in, in, in the middle of the park. Which again, that's another thing I love about Europe is these massive park spaces where everyone can just have their dogs room which is always it's such a it's just the thing that makes me happy but the final stop of Europe was meant to be Copenhagen but I was getting a bit burnt out at this point and I was going to be on my own in Copenhagen um so I had just decided that I probably it was probably best for me to go back to the UK um and just kind of travel around there instead of being in a um, European country on my own and also um, I realized that the Airbnb that I was staying at probably wasn't going to be suitable for me to be on my on my own because I realized that I didn't have a shower chair which is which is important um, and I was too burned out at this stage to be able to you know do floor chair transfers it just to use use the shower um, so I ended up um, canceling Copenhagen but FYI if you do get in that place it's really hard to get your money back from Airbnb if you've figured out for any if you've found that for any reason your you know your care is cancelled or your family or your friend or you are on your own but you, you you've just found it that now you have to be on your own um, and that's probably not safe for you um, yeah it's just really hard to get your money back but I did go to Copenhagen to the airport and I found that the staff there, they're so much more friendly. I was like, I was kind of a bit like 
bit bummed that I wasn't going to Copenhagen anymore because everyone was ever just so so lovely they were all so happy even like the airport staff that that help you on and off the plane they were so happier they were so much more happier so much more kind than the other staff that I had met so I was like oh I kind of wish I was here for at least you know 48 hours but didn't end up working like that and then I ended up just going back to the UK but if I had to pick a favorite or a standout it'd be kind of hard because I didn't you know I didn't um spend money doing attractions or anything like that I just I'm just I love when I go to countries just looking at the architecture going around the streets and just experiencing it that way I just I I don't know why I it's just what I love um so I'd probably have to pick you know the food and the market and the streets were probably all of the standouts there's just something about European streets they just you don't see that in Australia and I just I love it but I'm probably gonna end that here it's about 20 minutes um I thought it would be probably a bit more probably be a bit more to talk about I'm probably missing out on quite a bit but yeah I mean it was I think it is doable I was actually having this conversation with someone the other day who was saying you know how do you go about going on your own like is it stressful and I just I think as a disabled person the threshold for what you can cope with is higher so going out on my own to a different country no different to I think going to a new city or suburb in Melbourne because or going to a new house or going to a new place I feel like the same rules apply because you're still having to adapt problem solve and navigate it is a bit harder which in another country because you don't speak the language you know you don't know what the cultural norms are but I mean I found for Europe it's it's very doable in my opinion I think as a disabled person you have a lot higher and stronger problem solving skills so doing things like this so easy some might say you know are you controlling um and i was literally having the same conversation i was discussing this with someone else who also is disabled and i don't know if it's controlling if yes you have to plan things down to the minute and that can be annoying for some people but for us that is a matter of life and death like it's not just like oh, i'm gonna do this and it'll be fine some might think that's controlling but i don't know if it's controlling if it's a matter of your safety then i don't think that's controlling in my opinion some people might say may you're really controlling on trips you know you take control and you take charge which can be annoying for other people but i feel like some people don't understand that yes you do have to take control and yes I am taking charge but it is a matter for my own safety and I think that's just one of the big things I feel like if you have the ability to advocate for yourself and know what is best for your safety because that's a big thing also when you're traveling is safety so I do plan I plan down to the minute really not for where I'm going or what I'm seeing, but I make sure I I understand everything. I understand not 100% everything, you know, I don't speak the languages, but I have my wits about me that I'm able to figure it out. Give me a couple minutes, I'm able to figure it out because I need to, you know, because we need to. We need to be able to use the toilet, we need to be able to, you know, get around.
we need to be able to for our safety and our matter of life. And that is just a weird thing about about it is, you know, I can do that easy peasy. Ask me to go on a date with someone, I'm not going to do it. Ask me to go and put myself out there to go and meet someone, I'm not going to do it. But, you know, tell me to plan a trip uh, in your for three weeks. Yep, no worries, went away. Yeah, it's just, it's just random. That's just a random thing that I was literally thinking about at the end of my trip. But that's the end of the Europe episode. I feel like I probably have missed out quite a bit. There probably is a lot more that I can talk about. But it's really hard to, you know, think about what other people, you know, what I might think is important might not be for other people or they might have other things. So shoot me a DM. My Instagram is d.maya with three underscores. I'm probably a lot better at answering your questions there. Or even give me a question and I'll put it in the next episode. Um, that's probably one of the best ways to go about it. Because I feel like some for some things you will think, oh, like what you're interested about or what you're wanting to know might not be something that you've thought of. Because for me it might be not on my radar because every disability is different. But thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week where I will be discussing the UK. But if you've liked that episode, make sure to give it a follow and a review. And to keep updated, follow me on my socials. They'll be in the description below. Thank you so much. Bye.